Online grocery shopping and delivery are getting a lot of attention. It still represents a small proportion of total grocery sales, but its growth has been accelerated during the pandemic. What will it take to make more of us embrace online ordering and home delivery? In today's episode, we talk to someone who's working hard to make that happen. My name is Mike Von Massow, and this is the Food Focus Podcast. My guest today is Sarah Joyce, Senior VP for e-commerce at Sobeys Inc. They've just launched their Voila delivery service in the greater Toronto area and are planning for growth across Canada. We talk about the keys to success, how Sobeys is doing things differently, and what the online customer looks like. I know you'll find it interesting. Food Focus continues to grow. Our most recent episodes are the most listened to. That's thanks to listeners like you who tell others about us and submit reviews. Thanks for the support and keep it up. Check out our blog at foodfocusguelph.com or send us a note to foodfocus at uoguelph.ca if you have suggestions for future episodes or any questions you'd like to ask us. Enough of that. Let's head straight to my conversation with Sarah. Sarah, thanks for taking the time today. I expect life is busy with the launch of Woola. No problem at all. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, interesting times in the grocery business. I mean, it's interesting times everywhere. Given this uh, bump in demand, particularly for online or at least options that don't involve going in the store, is this a good time to launch? Voila, your your home delivery service? Yeah, in some ways, I mean, you could say that I couldn't have planned it any better. Um, you know, the reality is that we've been working on the project uh, of launching Voila by Sobeys, our new online grocery home delivery service in the GTA for two years. So we always believed in the growth of e-commerce. At the time, the market in Canada was only 1% of grocery sales were happening online. But we always believed that that was because Canadians didn't have a good option. We saw the U.S. and the U.K. and other more mature markets where more options existed that were at 5% and 10% of grocery sales online. And we believe that if we provided the right option to Canadians, that we could grow the market here and we could deliver a service that would be of value to Canadians here as well. Um, And then, you know, as you were alluding to, with COVID-19, we just saw demand accelerate for online grocery within Canada and globally. And essentially what we're seeing is a pull forward of about three years uh, of the, the market penetration rate. So if we thought we were going to get to the U.S. and the U.K. levels, we're just getting there three years faster. So we were well positioned to launch. Uh, then the market dynamics really just accelerated the path that we were on. And it became how can we get out faster and get out to more Canadians as fast as possible, uh, because we really have something that's of value to them here. I get lots of questions, and I know lots of people are saying that sort of this online market is is ubiquitous. Everyone's ordering groceries online. But even you said markets that were more mature than Canada were, you know, maybe up to 10 percent. This is... Uh, this is another option. It's not replacing trips to the store, is it? No, and we've been very clear about that. Even in our new strategy that we announced a couple weeks ago, where e-commerce is a central pillar of our growth over the next three years, you know, we're very clear that it is still very much about stores, and stores will continue to be the majority of the business. And to your point, customers are going to have times when they want to go to a store for a use case, and they're going to have times when they don't want to leave their house or they can't. And it's all about, as a retailer, how can you be there for them in, in either case? And we've seen industry benchmarks that suggest 
if a customer shops with you in both channels, right, they're two times more loyal. They spend 1.4 times more overall. So our belief is that being there for them in both will will be for the benefit of the greater good uh, as well. So it's, it's really not one or the other. I think there's definitely occasions for both. And now you just you got to continue to evolve to be there for for them when they when they need it the way they they need it. And different customers will behave differently in their interaction with you as a company. Some people will be exclusively online. Some people will be exclusively in the store. And some people will be that hybrid in the middle that you talked about that buy from you in both contexts. Absolutely. But another little nuance on what you were saying, too, about it being ubiquitous, you know, that's the interesting piece is if you have the right online grocery solution, it doesn't have to just be for the busy mom with kids. You know, it actually can have value to a single professional downtown or an older couple or all it really, you know, that's the interesting piece is e-commerce is no longer just for a certain segment of the market. It has broad value and you can get broad reach if you have the right offering that can appeal to the different groups. So that's been interesting as well as just seeing, you know, how broad and mass reach you can really get if you have the right offer. That is cool. And and I think, you know, I've known some seniors who love the online option, you know, for mobility issues that's been sort of also highlighted now in, in the risky COVID times, that if they can get over that technology hurdle that we all perceive that some of those seniors have, uh, this is an excellent option for them as well. Yeah. So, what are the keys to to keeping a customer happy or what are the keys to success in an online grocery play? Yeah, so we did a lot of research ahead of our launch to this exact question to make sure we would get it right as well. And when we talked to Canadians, it was really quite simple. There were three things that they were looking for an online offer to deliver for them. They wanted to be able to get their full basket of items, including and especially the high-quality fresh produce meat, seafood. They wanted competitive prices and promotions. They don't want these everything to be marked up just because of the convenience of now being online or being home delivery. And then they want reliable, convenient delivery that does show up on time, no substitutions. And when we looked at the market, you know, some of the offers out there might be delivering on one or two of those things, but there was nobody who was able to do all three. And that was where, you know, Voila by Sobeys was born. And we have guaranteed freshness at affordable prices straight to your door in those one hour delivery windows of your choosing. And it was really important to us that we go out and we hit on the three things that we know matter to Canadians. So with the fresh, with the full basket, you know, we've got our, our Sobeys items, but we also have farmboywell.ca so that you can get your health and your beauty and your pet and your baby and some great products from them as well, all in all in one place alongside. And we've got to guarantee your produce is fresh or it's free, which is meant to help people get over that hurdle of why would someone else be able to pick fresh produce as well as I can or, or better. Uh, so we're putting our money where our mouth is and we're saying, you know, trust us with your full basket and your produce is fresh or it's free. Um, on the affordability price, like we are the same prices as stores. That's super important to us. We have no hidden fees. We just have a delivery fee that we're really upfront about. Uh, no extra markups anywhere that you need to worry about. And then with the the reliable delivery, as I mentioned, you know, our technology enables us to show up on time within a one hour. 
and with what you ordered, which is has not always been the experience that uh, customers have had with other online grocery delivery services. So I think if you can get those three things right, which was the foundation of, of Guala, then you're off to a great start. I think the only thing I'll add is that a fourth one emerged from the time we started planning till the time we went live, which is this concept of safety, given the environment we're in. Um, so a new benefit emerged for us where we realized, you know, we've got a robotic automated warehouse that fulfills our online orders. And then we've got, you know, a handful of amazing teammates who work alongside the robots. But that combination actually has greater safety because of less handling. And so there was an element there, too, that emerged of something important to Canadians that we would be able to to help with as well, knowing we come from a warehouse where, you know, everything is temperature controlled in the warehouse, everything's temperature controlled in the vans, there's less handling, um, and we're following like the strictest COVID-19 protocols across both the warehouse and the delivery and, and all of our teammates. So I think giving customers <laughs> the freshness, the affordability, the reliability, and now also the safety is is really the the making of success as we see it. And you've gotten a little bit in a roundabout way to what my next question was, and 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 I'm, I'm going to just ask it anyway, with the knowledge that you've you've answered it to a certain degree. This grocery delivery isn't easy, as you said. Other people have tried it. We've heard with the dramatic spike in demand in in COVID times that there have been long waits, uh, issues with order accuracy, substitutions or cancellations, all of those things that we've heard uh, as complaints. What are you doing that sets you apart? What sort of magic formula have you guys done that gives you confidence that you can deliver on all four of those points that you raised uh, better than others? Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's hard to have confidence like that unless you're doing something different. And I believe we have a structural advantage because of the model that we've chosen. Like it took two years to build this robotic automated warehouse that I'm currently sitting in. Um, and it's in Vaughan and it serves the whole of the GTA. But that creates a structural advantage for us because the fact we deliver from a robotic automated warehouse and not a store means that we have better control over the freshness and the quality of our items. We know what's coming in. We know what's going out. But most importantly, we have better visibility and control to our inventory so we can make more accurate promises to our customers. It's very hard when the product's on a store shelf to know what's there and to be able to to do the same. So I think what we're seeing and what we're hearing from customers is that that's the element that has not been their experience with others and that voila is like nothing they have experienced before because we deliver from a warehouse, not a store. And as we say, with everything you actually ordered, no letdowns. I think that's been the biggest the biggest difference maker. Um, and it is a structural advantage based on the model we chose of building warehouses instead of using our stores, which was a huge, you know, $100 million long-term or long-term mindset that we took at the time that is absolutely paying dividends already for us, I think, in what we're seeing even in the early stages of our launch. And then the other piece that I have to say, like we never talk about you know, robots or automation without talking about teammates, because that's been the other interesting piece is you can't just win with technology. The service element of a, a business that is so intimate as grocery in people's lives, you know, you need the human element. And whether it's our backstage teams, our warehouse teams or our delivery teams, having the human element and the passion for the customer on 
end to end of the whole experience um, has has also made all the difference. And if I take our delivery teammates as the example, because they're the ones that are customer facing and the ones that are out on the road, you know, we're just getting amazing feedback about them as well. Friendly, professional, knowledgeable, following all the the safety protocols that make um the customers and the teammates feel safe with, you know, sanitation, masks, gloves, contactless deliveries, like very, very uh, well thought out. Um, you know, they call you ahead of time. They check the temperature of your food before they leave. They really make sure that everything is perfect before they leave the doorstep. And I think the combination of technology, but also, most, you know, more importantly, the service element and the human element of what's behind and supporting the technology has proven to be just as important, if not more. That's really interesting. And and I think you, sometimes that can get lost is, is that, that really technology can complement the people, but you can't completely move away from the people, uh, especially in a business like this. One question or one point that you didn't raise, and I think you've raised it when, when we've had previous conversations, is, is the advantage of a warehouse isn't just inventory control and quality control, knowing when things are coming in and out. There's also some big advantages relative to efficiency. Grocery stores aren't laid out to efficiently pick orders. And the fact that you've got this robot system that sort of manages the inventory and moves things around, you can pick orders much more quickly than you that, than other stores who have people walking through stores. 100%. And yeah, great point. I was speaking to the benefits of the warehouse that the customer would experience. But in terms of us with the business mindset, there are a number of additional advantages like efficiency uh, to your point. So, you know, if we if we talk about the robots and the automation for a minute, you know, because they have lots of fun facts. You know, one of them is they take 10 commands a second uh, and they can pick a 50 item order in five minutes, which is probably the fact you remembered from when we spoke last. Because, you know, I always go to a place of how long would it take me when I'm picking 50 items up at the grocery store? And I can tell you it would take me way longer than five minutes. So there's huge, huge efficiency by having these robots that can help us move product around the warehouse as needed for customer orders. And then combined with our teammates who do the other elements of the process, but just having that that efficiency of the assembly, it is what allows us to scale and will allow us to scale in a way that you would really struggle to if you were doing it from a store. And and is key, I mean, clearly is is key for internal profitability, but that second point you raised that that pricing is competitive and notwithstanding a delivery charge is in the same range as, as I would get in a grocery, in a regular store. Right. Those efficiency points also create benefits for customers. Yeah, you're so right. It allows us to pass those savings on to customers and to and we do and we believe it's important. We want to show that it doesn't have to be expensive just because it's online. So let us take the efficiencies of our system and pass it along to you in the form of savings and competitive delivery fees. I think it's super important. You're so right. And it strikes me, it's also particularly important because the other efficiency that your business model will have versus sort of an Instacart or, or an Uber grocery model is that you'll deliver several, several orders at once and you need to get a critical mass to make that work, right? Yes, the density of your deliveries is one of the 
biggest factors. And so the more customer orders you can get on one truck and the more the trucks are going to a similar location versus driving all over the city, then you get even greater efficiency on the delivery side of things, just like you've got the efficiency already in the warehouse side of things. So this business was built to scale, as I mentioned, and that's why this is uh, such an exciting part of our journey because we launched, we started with just Vaughn. Very much our intention was to make sure we always had that phenomenal customer experience. So we've been growing and expanding across the GTA, you know, Mississauga and Brampton. And now we are pretty much everywhere as far east as Scarborough, as far west as Hamilton and as far north as, you know, Caledon and Newmarket. And so for us, the journey is get the customer experience right and continue to deliver that phenomenal customer experience. That's always going to be the biggest thing, but then just, you know, get out there to more people and and build the business because this business was built to scale. And so, yeah, that's the fun part that comes next now that we're live everywhere and delivering that phenomenal experience. It's just about growth and getting more people to see what this service can do for them and in their own life. I actually checked this morning and you haven't quite made it to Alora yet. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hopeful and optimistic. We'll have to let you know uh, when we do. But as I said, we're still expanding. It's not the end. It's just uh, it's been a very intentional, intentional ramp. And it makes sense to to uh, sort of build the system and then grow it rather than try and hit everyone at the start as you learn processes and, and, and get even people in the warehouse used to what the processes are. Absolutely. I thought uh, as, as we get close to the end here, I thought I'd take a, a minute. It strikes me that the way you set up a warehouse, notwithstanding having robots moving things around and stuff, would be different than how you set up a store. You know, frequently purchased items would be towards the front of the warehouse, things that are in almost every order, and less frequently purchased items, I think, would be stored further back in order to to maximize that efficiency whereas we know that grocery stores are often laid out in the inverse to try and to try and get people to uh, go up and down more aisles and increase the share of the basket do people shop differently online does the composition of the basket look differently online than it does uh, in person well, first of all, you've perfectly predicted how it works. So without having seen it here yet, which we said we would be happy to to take you through once um, COVID protocols uh, loosen. But without having been here, you know, you described it. The robots are constantly optimizing the storage in the warehouse to make sure the fast moving items are near the top and the slower movers are. So that's ha- that's what allows us to get the 50 item order in five minutes. Um, and you don't even have to, you know, you can be changing that every minute of every day as things change, which is what they do. They're constantly optimizing the grid, as we call it, or the hive, which is our inventory storage locations. Very, very dynamically uh, every, every minute of every day as we see the new sales data trickle in. So, um, I would say in terms of the customer online, there are certain categories that you see that over penetrate and there's certain that under penetrate. I think the example that I always use is if you think about like all the impulse categories in a store, it's really hard to get an online customer to think of those things. So sometimes, you know, it's harder to sell a chocolate bar because people don't want to type it into the into the search bar or they don't, you know, remember it doesn't catch their attention the way it would if they saw it at a checkout walk or at a, you know, you know. So there's definitely categories that you have to work differently to get the customer to remember that they might want to put one in their basket and there's different tools you have online, you know, to do so. So there's there's a there's some slight differences, but I think when you're going after the big basket, which is what 
we're trying to do, then you largely see, you know, the preference for produce and meat and, and dairy in a lot of the same categories in terms of the, the largest. That's exactly what I would have anticipated. Things like chocolate bars, maybe even chips and things that are more impulse buys might be tougher to get in the basket. Yeah, people have no problem finding the ice cream. We've been selling so much ice cream this summer. They don't have any guilt typing that in, which is uh, good to know, right? <laughs> that is good to know. The other thing I wonder about is 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 also less switching behavior because I, I haven't gone deep into your platform yet. But my expectation is, I did see that it saw it said favorite favorites, and that my expectation is that you'll prompt me to say, "Do you want to buy what you bought last time again?" and make it much easier for me to buy what's familiar, which many of us do in the grocery store anyway. But that it might be tougher for me to try, or it might I might be not tougher, but I might be less inclined to try other things. Because it's so easy just to click, yes, I ordered that last week and I want two of those or or whatever, rather than finding something new. You're so right. And the, the thing with grocery is it's already very habitual. Like even when people are going to the store, you often buy the same thing week to week, more so than other categories of retail as an example. And so then when you layer that with an online platform that is designed to make it as easy as possible for you to reorder, it ends up being exactly what you said. And, and we think those features are important. Your favorites do come to the top so that it's easier and faster for you to reorder them. You could go to the favorites tab, as you mentioned, and you can shop exclusively from your past purchases. Basically, anything you've bought before becomes a favorite. So it is a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If the objective is, you know, these are time-starved people who are choosing online in the first place, then the solution is make it as fast as possible for them, which does often mean that uh, it is a lot of reordering and a lot of but our job is to also introduce some of that variety. And there are customers who do shop with more of a discovery mindset on certain instances, too. So that's where the browse, you know, search is very targeted when you're looking for a specific thing in and out. And then browse is when you're open to seeing what else we might have. But otherwise, I think you're you're exactly right. Is It's already a habitual purchase category. Online does make it even easier to continue to reorder from your past orders, uh, which allows you to save time. And then you either have to find ways to introduce the categories or the customer has to be in the right mindset where they want to where they want to browse that way. I'm getting to the end of the time I promised I would take. So I'm going to ask a couple of, of, of quick questions. You say you your system allows you to deliver within a one-hour window, and I expect that evening deliveries and things like that are, are, are on the table so that it, it allows for people who aren't home, although I'm almost permanently home in the current circumstance. Are there any plans to look at things like drops or, you know, I've heard people say, well, we could put a refrigerated locker on porches or things like that to give even more flexibility? Or do you, do you think that this sort of one hour delivery window is sufficient to, to keep people happy? Yeah, so it's a good question. We currently deliver from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week in those one hour delivery windows. So our view has always been, you know, hopefully someone can find one hour to be home in 16 options a day, seven days a week. And, you know, to your point right now, absolutely, we haven't 
heard anything that would suggest otherwise. Um, I think the important thing for us is just the amount of care that we take on the food quality and the temperature. And the only reason that we want you to be home is so that we know with certainty that the same care we've taken in our warehouse, the same care we've taken in our van, you know, gets right to you and into your fridge. And, you know, it's, it's our obligation to ensure that level of food safety and food quality. So we would, we continue to believe that, you know, as long as people can find one hour in a week that they can be home, that we would prefer to have them there. And as I said, all the service elements of the interaction that you get to make sure everything is perfect rather than the drop in the go for now is, is the way, the way that we're going. And, Seems to be compelling, you know, I think the the one hour window and being able to hit that with, you know, Toronto traffic or even just the windows, other delivery services or other services provide when they come. I think people have been pretty happy with the one hour. It makes sense to me. I was just thinking the context, my son lives in Toronto. He's working at home now, so that changes. But he's always used this depot that's that's been close to him for his delivery just because he's it's tough, but a one-hour window does seem pretty reasonable. My last question is is more of a is a bit of a tangent. I was intrigued and interested. You talked about sort of the the spike in demand being an opportunity, sort of a good fortune. What are some of the challenges of launching something like this during the times of COVID? Yeah, it's a really good question. For us, you know, I kind of look back on it and we planned for two years to launch a business and then we changed every element of the plan two weeks before we were supposed to go live with testing because of the environment and the things we couldn't have predicted. So, you know, if you think about it, you changed your assortment instead of what we were going to offer. We went back to what are the core essentials, what's actually available from our supplier partners. And we started with you know half of what we had thought and we're building our assortment back even now week over week until we get to our you know, prior go love assortment and beyond. So we're going to, we're, th- we're adding about a thousand uh, new products every week and we're going to continue to do that. But that was one challenge and reality of the environment we were launching in. You know, if you think about marketing, we had a marketing plan, but there's a lot of tactics that you, we had thought we would use like street teams and um, events and sponsorships. And none of those are happening, even just out of home, channels, you know, people aren't leaving home or weren't leaving home. So, you know, you change your marketing plan and your media mix, our, you know, expectations around how quickly we were going to grow and what that meant for how many vans did we need and how many teammates did we need. You know, all of a sudden we were accelerating our hiring and trying to procure more vans and look for new real estate. Like it basically took, it's the definition of the word agility in that we had to change every element. Uh, of our plan right ahead of of go live which has challenges but i think the thing that motivated the team so much was if you like we were already motivated we believe we have this amazing service that we can provide to canadians that will you know help their lives save them time and then now on top of that it was like we were an essential service and we were able to be there for canadians when they needed us most and so it just fueled us to keep pushing through and almost in some ways forget what the environment we were launching and just just focusing on getting it done and becoming available and starting to help people. So yeah, lots of lots of challenges, lots of opportunities, and and you know not to I never want to downplay the significance of what is going on in the world, right? Like teammate safety, customer safety, it's paramount and it's an awful 
it's it's an awful environment to be launching a new business in. The only good part was that we could be a business that could help in that time. Yeah. Yeah. So last last thing, uh, I looked this morning. Where can they find Voila? And uh, and I think you can sign up and register to find out when the service will be available where you live, right? Absolutely. So we have an app, Voila app, uh, or you can go to voila.ca. And if you give us your postal code, if you go to you know sign up or register and you enter your postal code, it'll either tell you if we're live in your area or you can sign up to be notified as soon as we are. So definitely try it out. I, we love feedback. I mean, we read every customer comment and um, we're always looking at ways that we can continue to improve our offering for, for customers. So yeah, we want as many people to try it as possible and to uh, let us know what you think. Great. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. I'm looking forward to giving it a try. I'm also looking forward. I'm a bit of a supply chain geek, so I'm looking forward to uh, when time allows or when circumstances allow to coming for the the promised tour of the warehouse. But uh, thanks for taking the time and continued good luck in in your growth. Yeah, and thank you so much, Mike. It was a, a great conversation. So I enjoy I enjoy hearing your thoughts on the industry as always. So thanks so much. Good. Thanks. Bye bye. As we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to take a minute to uh, say thanks to Max Graham for making us sound great. Uh, we get to have the interesting conversations and Max does the hard work of, of cleaning it up. Quick thanks to Zach Von Massow for the original music that we use uh, to transition. I also wanted to take a minute to remind you of uh, the foodfocusguelph.ca website. You go check out our blog, which gets updated at least once weekly with issues uh, related to food just like the podcast and gives you a place that you can get a hold of us as well if you want to make suggestions for episodes of the podcast you have questions uh, we're open to any of it and one more reminder that uh, if you enjoy the podcast uh, submitting a review wherever you get your podcast helps others find us as well so thanks for listening hope you enjoyed it uh, and stay in touch